is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. CJ Watson and the Mothers of Desperation discuss ongoing work behind the scenes of their sketch comedy channels and the upcoming web series, The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies. Bunny rabbits and vampires and onions living together? Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. So this is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jason Rice. And this is uh, the first episode after the San Diego Comic-Con debacle. There was a debacle? There's always a debacle <laughs> when I can't get tickets. <laughs> tickets went on sale this last uh, last Saturday, the 21st. Okay. And they had the pre-registration. Then you have to log on. You have to get your registration to get into the waiting room. In this case, it was an hour beforehand. I need to wait for the waiting room to open up. Okay. Uh, and then you're in the waiting room where they randomly select you to purchase tickets. So <coughs> I and most of the other nerd guys that I know woke up early, got to the waiting room, and waited. So you log on like at 8, and you wait your turn or oh, you're just patiently wait for that nine o'clock hour so the sale starts and and you got nothing else to do so you're bsing with your friends who you who you know are all awake and doing the exact same thing and you're trying not to mess with your computer to make sure you don't want to lock you just kick yourself out of the waiting room and have to log back in again because even though it's not supposed to mess you up you can't be 100 percent certain that it won't so you do everything. You, you arrange all of your good luck charms where they need to be. Get yourself a cup of coffee. Be careful not to knock your keyboard or mouse around. And for me, I got two computers, so I, I forgot a couple of times which keyboard and mouse I was using for the logon <laughs> and which one I was browsing with. Um, Nine o'clock rolls around, and then the blue circle starts spinning. And on the website, it says the blue circle will spin. That means you're in the waiting room and everything's going the way it should be. So I'm there. Jack's there. I know a couple of my other friends are in there. And we're waiting. And nothing. And every two minutes, the room refreshes. And in that refresh, you hope you get in. So you're watching, really, every two minutes to see if it refreshes and you're now in the queue to buy tickets. And no. And I'm like, I don't think this is working. I'm texting Jack. And he's like, uh, yeah, me either. I don't know. It's spinning. That means we're good. And then, I don't know, 15 minutes later, it says preview night has sold out. <laughs> like, oh, crap, what's going on? Not long after that, Friday is sold out. Like, really? Preview sells out? Or Saturday is sold out. Really? Preview night sells out before Saturday? Last year, Saturday sold out first. Last year, they were all sold out by 9.50, I think it was. I think I, I tweeted that to myself, or I was, some, I was bitching and moaning and everything, because I didn't get in last year either. Then comes the dreaded news, Friday is sold out. So now all that's left is uh, Thursday and Sunday. The preview night, the slow night, and the everyone's packing up and going home day. <laughs> like, are you going to buy tickets? Uh, I don't know. I'm still in there. I think Jack has bowed out at that point. You know, it's, it's like 45 minutes in, and all the good stuff is gone. And then it was just sold out. It was just sold out. So, See, when I went last time, it was just – Go and buy your tickets and be there all weekend and have fun. It was before everybody knew about San Diego Comic-Con and it's a big deal. And or before it became a big deal because yeah. it's the non-comic fuckers that have ruined San yeah. Diego. It's the movies. It's the TV shows. It's a Twilight. Twilight ruined San Diego. Twilight exploded and so did San Diego. Yeah, because when I was there, it was... 95% comics. Mm -hmm. There was Tracy Lords was there promoting her Farscape thing or whatever she was doing at the time. First wave? Maybe. She had a show on sci fi. Yeah. Probably first wave. Yeah, I don't think she was on Farscape. It would have been cool. <laughs> was she on Farscape? I have no idea. I don't think she was on Farscape. Last thing I saw her in was Tommy Knockers. Sounds like a porno. 
It wasn't. It was a Stephen <laughs> King movie. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I could see. Sounds like one of her movies. Uh, Deep Throat, uh, Devil in This Jones, Tommy Knockers. She was in, well, she was in Tommy Knockers. She wasn't in the others. No. Um, so, yeah, that, that happens. And I'm like dejected. And once again, I'm not getting into San Diego Comic Con. You can't just show up and booth for somebody for a while and then roam. No. They don't do that anymore? No. They used to let you work for entrance. Well, volunteers. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, volunteers, you you can still do the volunteers, but I think that's the way everybody else tries to get in when they can't get in. So volunteer list fills up real fast. Mm. Um, no, it's really difficult to get into Comic-Con now since the pop culture movement has taken. Since... Everybody else jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, and it's really, <coughs> really bizarre because I don't think in, even nine years ago it was selling out. Yeah. And I think I talked. Uh, I was talking about this to Jack that, uh, you know, what's the impetus for Comic Con to like invest in, in a larger venue? Anyways, I mean, this is a, a company who was putting a convention on for thirty odd years. Never sold out. <laughs> to, yeah, I guess if you're running Comic-Con, you're thinking, I'm going to enjoy this while I can. Because yeah. I remember back when we were doing this for practically free. So I, I actually don't blame them. You know, when you start yeah. thinking about it like that, and I don't blame them for like saying, we need a, not saying, we need a big, bigger venue yesterday. Because where are all these fair weather friends when, you know, Secret Wars was out? Yeah. You know? <laughs> When Comic Con had had about the exact same status as Gen Con. <laughs> well, the last time I went to Comic Con, it was before Wizard World existed. So Wizard was still a, a comics price guide. Yeah, Wizard was still a magazine that you got, and it had cool articles. <laughs> yeah, it w wasn't that long ago that uh, San Diego was not selling out. So. I think the movie the the movie companies Hollywood adopting it Hollywood TV, you know you also remember uh, I think something else that occurred in that time was the advent of fan sites like G four um, yeah um, podcasts have exploded play the sites like uh, websites websites Nerdist the Nerdist is super popular right didn't that start on like G four or um, I one of the cable shows, and then it just got so big it became its own brand. See, I I haven't seen Nerdist, but if Nerdist is the guy I'm thinking it is, probably Chris started Chris Hardwick. Yeah, he's from G Four. Yeah, see, so I mean that that's a whole. It got so big that his whole channel now exists as a breakaway from the original. So. Yeah. And I know they have great big events at Comic-Con, um, live shows. It's just, it's ridiculously huge. It's cool. You know, it, it's really interesting to think that now being nerdy and geeky and socially unwashed and unaccepted <laughs> is cool. Yeah. We are finally cool. It just took till I was 40. It, except now we can't get into our own shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be and we're being excluded from our own party. <laughs> I'm so cool, I can't get into my own party. Right, right. <laughs> That's a, wow, that is a, the nerd paradox. <laughs> yeah. The nerd cool paradox. Man. Yeah, it's like being Stephen Hawkins. Dude. Can't enjoy your own party. No. Like, I can't even get into the nerd party. That's how nerdy I am. Yeah, it's gonna be the nerd sub sub genre. <laughs> like, how nerdy are you, dude? I'm so nerdy. Even the nerds won't talk to me. <laughs> even Poindexter over there is like pretending he doesn't know me, even though I coded his homework for him yesterday. See, Racerhead over there, way cooler than I am. Mm. <laughs> it's the haircut. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I couldn't get into San Diego, and I I did, however, buy a Saturday ticket for WonderCon, which is coming up in very okay. beginning of April. We talked about getting a booth for WonderCon for the show, and maybe doing a live pod from there, but I think that would be distracting from finishing the Bunny show right now. Yeah, I got all this construction that I need to finish, and real life's been getting in the way. That's why the pod has been pushed back about a week. Because of the family emergency. Yeah. Yeah, at least there's little cons that actual comic people can go to. and Yeah, and they're not so little anymore. I mean, they're growing kind yeah. of as satellites of the big ones. Um, and then you've got New York coming up at the end of the year. Um, eight October, I think it is, beginning of October. Yep. Uh, New York City Comic Book Convention. Which eclipsed uh, San Diego last year. Did they? In attendance. Wow. But, you know, what do you know? Everyone's self-reporting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, New York, I think they said they, they estimated they beat San Diego's attendance by less than 10,000 or so. Which, Bigger if venue. there was an official record, huh? Bigger venue. Bigger, yeah. Well, New York, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in Southern California. I mean... New York has that, and then some in like a like a one mile radius. Yeah, <laughs> they stack people on top of each other out there. <laughs> it's New York, take it. It's like a sardine thing. <laughs> twenty twenty five stories of of comic book convention goodness packed on a a one square block area. I'd go. <laughs> you get tickets. I'm there. And then, then you got Chicago. You have uh, Emerald City and Seattle coming up. You got the Toronto. I think it's the Fan Expo. Um, those are all major cons. You have uh, Dragon Con, which is mostly a cosplayer one. Yeah. Oricon, same thing. So there's a lot of huge conventions. And then Wizard World has their own convention yeah. circuit, which is a 12 or 15 conventions. I yeah. guess 15. When they first started, it was New York, Chicago, and L.A. And then they started buying. Uh, I don't know if they started buying existing ones or just turning existing ones into them or just creating them out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wizard World, I mean, they're kind of expensive all the way across the board, but they're a pop culture expo and they know what people want and they want to be able to buy their entertainment. You know, you, everyone complains about Wizard being expensive, but they put together a good show. It's consistent every time and there's like 12 or 15 of them around the country. Yeah. So there's something to get into. So if, I mean, it's expensive, but you're getting your money's worth. You're you getting go. the product. Yeah. yeah, it's not um, it's not a crapshoot. It's not rolling the dice and waiting for Comic-Con to hopefully randomly select you to get in. And then, you know, getting to go spend two, $3,000 because you make a week of it. <laughs> there's no win-win about going to Comic-Con anymore. It's mostly hurt-lose. Maybe have a bit of fun. Maybe get crushed in a wild stampede on your way to get like the comic book man to sign your your forehead. Robert Kirkman signed my elbow. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think he spelled his name correctly. <laughs> Why does it say F off? <laughs> it's not my name. Um, but what, like we enjoyed going to Kamikaze. Since uh, Stan Lee ended up purchasing the local kamikaze. Okay. Uh, WonderCon is here, uh, but WonderCon's the same as people as San Diego. The nice thing about that, as far as exhibitors go, is not that expensive. I mean, they really upped the prices to exhibit this year at San Diego Comic-Con. A booth full price this year is $3,000. Ouch. In a 10 by 10 booth, whereas last year it was like in the neighborhood of 2100 or so. So it wants a lot of money. And I think um, small One. press table was, no, uh, Artist Alley was like $300. And at Artist Alley, I don't think you could sell like t-shirts or anything. It was just mostly there. Just selling art. Yeah, schmoozing and, and doing the artsy thing. Yeah. I almost got a Tim, uh, Tim Sale uh, board, but I didn't have that kind of cash. Yeah. Tim Sale's known for what? Uh, Long Halloween, mm -hmm. Dark 
victory uh he's worked with jeff Loeb on a lot of batman projects yeah okay so what were you looking at specifically just anything that he had or something that it was uh something from dark victory I, I love to go to the artist alley, meet the real comic book artists because yeah. they get the big kick out of that. I like the superstars too, and the people off the the TV shows, Walking Dead, and whatever else I tend to be watching, or you know, you like Firefly people when they come, or whatever. Not so much in the WWE thing. I don't really get how how comic books and WWE crosses over, <laughs> other than you know. Well, I guess the wrestlers kind of dress and act like superheroes yeah. and villains. They used to back in the 80s. Not as much anymore, do they? No, it depends. I mean, you still have the classic heel. You still have a lot of people doing crazy stuff. Um, you don't have anyone thinking they have superpowers, though. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been watching wrestling in the last, I don't know how many months. I go through my cycles. Yeah, I haven't watched wrestling since, I mean, the guys who were popular when I was watching wrestling were the British Bulldogs, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Mm -hmm. Bam Bam Bigelow, The Undertaker had just shown up. Now he's all old. (laughs) I think he retired. I don't know. Still wears the eyeliner. (laughs) I think Jake the Snake is making the rounds at the Comic-Con, isn't he? I have no idea. Um, I know he had, he was having problems for a while. Health issues. Yeah. Well, that he's a wrestler. Yeah, Go I was going to say that's part of it. So, um, sometimes wrestlers don't lead the lead the cleanest of lifestyles. Yeah. And then you put years of like hurling your body twenty feet through the air onto like a a table or a ladder yeah. or another human being. Those mats, they're plywood. That's pretty much what you're landing on yeah it's not soft <laughs> yeah just because it doesn't have you know supports every two feet doesn't mean it's <laughs> i mean there's some give but that give doesn't come easily yeah yeah that hurts and turnbuckles are steel wire steel cable that are attached together and covered with like the thinnest pillow or foam and material you can get that stuff is still a steel cable with a knuckle yeah. to hold it. Yeah, even even accidentally that hurts. Yeah. Even pretend hurts. Pretend hit with a table is still hit with a table. <laughs> yeah. These guys, wrestling may not be real, but these guys are real athletes. And they do physical athletic things. It, more so, they're like athletes, gymnasts, stuntmen. Yeah, the, definitely the stuntmen. Definitely yeah. that, that dangerous stunt thing happening there. Like uh, climbing up on the top rope and hurling yourself through the air. That's like what gymnasts do. Only they're not landing on padded things. Yeah. They're landing on like muscle and bone, sometimes turnbuckles, <laughs> sometimes fold-out tables, sometimes steel chairs. You couldn't pay me enough to be a wrestler. They, they don't get paid that much either. Not unless they like make the make top billing. Yeah. So after after many years and perhaps decades of hurling yourself through the air onto a uh, folded up chair, yeah. you might get paid good money to do it. Not everybody is Hulk Hogan. No. <laughs> and even in his day, they weren't doing it crazy like they're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been a, it's a different world. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they do deserve to be at comic book conventions. <laughs> now that I think about it, they're, they, they, they fly a little bit. <laughs> okay, I can see that. That's the closest thing we got to uh, crazy super people. You know, in that, Matt, uh, when you think about that, they should have like a stuntman part, like a stuntman signing. Like, yeah. no, I, I, this scene was not CGI, so it's me. I'm the Hulk there. <laughs> I'm Captain America in that scene. Now, at San Diego, since you've been there, since I've been there, mm-hmm. what would you say the pop culture BS 
to comic book ratio is? Like is like is it mostly is it two to one? Is like to booth space. To booth space, that's tough. Um, yeah, I think the comic books are relegated to small press and artist alley, and the main part of the floor is pop culture. So we're probably talking five to one. Really? Yeah. See, when I went, the last time I went, there was a small area for movies and other crap. It mm -hmm. was like a corner, and the rest was like a huge DC Marvel booth, mm -hmm. and they had Bendis doing his signings because Bendis had just blown up. Mm -hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man had just come on the scene. Okay. No, you'll walk down the center, and the center will be owned by television channels and movie companies and toy companies. It'll be big chunks to Hasbro or Mattel or you know whoever's making the big toys right now. Um, Sideshow Collectibles will have a big area. I mean, we're talking like an area that's 40 by 40. So you have these giant islands of pop culture entertainment. And AMC's Walking Dead will have cars, and they'll have a, an experience that you walk through. Um, it's practically an amusement park of uh, pop culture stuff intended for you to consume. Okay, So it shouldn't really be called Comic-Con anymore, because it's not comic Right, and that's why a lot of companies like even Wizard have started calling their, their uh, gatherings pop culture events. Pop culture is more right on the money. Yeah. But it, it's just massively overwhelming. The thing is, they try to have an underlying or even, you know, blatant comic theme or attachment to it. Like Avengers will be super huge. But the movie studios would push in their stuff. Yeah. You know, movie studios have Avengers. So Avengers will be super huge, but they're pushing Avengers too. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be a massive amount of it. And then um, people making toys for it yeah. will be there. And then um, statues, collectibles. And then the artists will appear at those booths for X amount of hours yeah. on X days. And then the rest of the time will be devoted to promoting that, whatever they're working on. Okay. You know, so you'll see a popular comic book writer or artist for one of the Avengers maybe show up at the Avengers booth. But that'll be an hour. Yeah. And then the rest of the time it's, you know, shelling the movie. So you're not – if you're a comic book fan and you're mainly a comic book fan, mm -hmm. you're not missing as much. By not going to San Diego. Except a little bit. I mean, no, it's exciting to go. Yeah, you I know, mean, everybody there's really cool shit to look at. It's cool shit. But, but for some of the names, that's going to be the only show they go to. Yeah. You know, you know George R.R. George R. Martin, he's probably not going to go to Wizard World San Antonio. Well, he might, because I think he's from that from area. From Texas? Yeah. But he, he probably won't go to Wizard World, Orlando. Portland, Orlando. He definitely pro won't go to all of them, <laughs> you know, but he'll make time for San Diego Comic-Con. You know, so that's the thing. Does George R.R. R. Martin write a comic book? No. Then why do I care? <laughs> he goes to the cons. <laughs> He's been known to go to the cons. People see him in panels. They talk. I mean, it's... It's an event. Yeah, they're not Comic-Cons anymore. Comic-Con now means popular stuff that I like. Yeah. What's a comic book? I'm like a nerd purist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I have had that battle myself the past <laughs> few years. Or actually, four or five years ago, I was having that battle. I was like, I'm glad that people are coming. But at the same time, they're pushing the real reason they're here out. Yeah. And then I feel like Kirk Cameron in Saving Christmas. I didn't see that one. Nobody did. <laughs> Except apparently uh, the Razzies. Because he cleaned up 
for uh, that movie in the Razzies was he was Kirk Cameron's trying to put Christ back in Christmas. I feel like, you know, um, a, an unpopular person trying to put comics back in Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's not going to work, man. It's not what it's about anymore. Santa Claus, or Christmas is about the fat guy in the red suit and the white beard. So does Marvel and DC even have a big booth? Or Yeah, they have tremendous presence at uh, San Diego. Okay. Um, they save it to make their huge announcements there um, what we're doing next year they have a whole presentation you know greetings fans true believers okay. we're doing this and then you know all of our top editorial staff will come out and tell you about their plans and sometimes they might answer your questions and they'll swear to god that digital comics are still worth 3.99 even though they should be worth only 99 cents or they should be free when you buy a freaking comic <laughs> get your comic get your code download your digital comic yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a problem with digital comics costing anything more than ninety nine cents, because it's not a collectible. When you're when you're buying a, a floppy, yeah, um, those are collectibles. Maybe that's that's the chance you take. Yeah, that's your, that's the gamble you're it taking. It may turn out to be worth something, but it a, may turn a digital out to copy be worth isn't going to turn out to be worth anything. Yeah, you can't you can't pass that on. And I think that they would sell a lot more comics if they were flat 99 cents. I don't care that you can join Marvel or DC for the website for like the X amount of 12 bucks a year and read comic books or whatever. Yeah. Or 12 bucks a month and read like their entire archive. I don't know if their new stuff is included in yeah. that or not. I don't think it is, but I didn't look it up. The last time I did, it wasn't included. But I'm just against the whole thing about digital comic costing exactly the same as a real comic. Yeah. Because then I don't have anything in my hands when I buy the digital comic. Yeah. I mean, doesn't the digital comic have a DMR on it too? I don't know if they do the digital rights management on the new ones. I thought they were getting away from that a little bit. They did. They were pretty strict for a while. Yeah. Because now I can't even sell it to somebody else. No, whereas you can with your, your real comic. Yeah. Which the, the publishers never liked to begin with. <laughs> like, what? I sold you the comic, and now you're selling it and making a lot of money? Yeah, and because I'm doing that, you're going to make a lot of money when you know, like those people buy your next one, hoping that that becomes worth something. Now, that's the age-old argument. But yeah, yeah, you, know, you can't sell it after you read it. So you paid full price for a digital experience. I really think that's the way they're marketing it because they have those. Ha, have you bought a Marvel comic digitally? No, I, I kind of have a problem buying something that's thirty-two pages, mm -hmm. maybe if I'm lucky, for four bucks, without having it in my hand. And I, then maybe it has two hundred words in it. Yeah. And Especially if it's a fight comic book. It might not even have 200 words in it. And my tablet is a mini. So I'm not getting the full experience. I'm not getting a big picture. Right. So. Well, the comic book experience, the, the panels as they read, they, they guide you along. So you get to a panel, and you see the main character, and you see the dialogue, and you press next. And if there's another element in that panel then that comes up next. So if it's like Spidey saying, oh, my spider sense is tingling, you hit next and the spider sense will go off. Like the, the, oh, the animation. Oh, so it'll animate? No. See, some are starting to do animation, but it'll just add the spider, the spider tingling okay. drawing. And then if there was a sound effect off screen and they decided to add that, when you hit next, that will pop up. And then if that's the last thing, when you hit next, it'll take you to the next panel. So it's almost an interactive reading experience. Okay, so it's not showing you an entire page at a time? You can you can make it. You can set it up for like that. But the way they're writing some of the new digital comics, the, each element will be separate and time to give it to you on the next button. Okay. Or you can just hit, like I do a lot of times, just, no, boom, I want to see the comic whole page as I would a regular comic yeah. book. Because you know, I, I like to read it like that because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> 
us old school guys who grew up on comic books want to see the page. Yeah, all at once. Zoom in on it when I want to zoom in on it, and uh, if I don't, I don't. Yeah, you know, sometimes you ruin it if the uh, if there's like a a reveal on that page below, but that's always yeah. the chance you took before. Yes. You know, that's the good thing about having uh, good comic creators. They'll leave the reveal for the next for page. the next page. But sometimes they're trying to cram, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. And sometimes what I'll find is I'm reading a comic, and I'll have to go back a couple panels because there was a clue, and I just didn't pick up on it. Right, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, crap. There's the body falling. And I do that too, and my through. my <laughs> eyes want to like read all the words as fast as possible on a comic book page. Yeah. So I'll do that, and then I'll, I'll have to like before I turn the page, I'll look and, and I'll make sure. Did I miss anything? Is this really? Is this an awesome page? Oh, that was an awesome page. Oh, there was nothing at that page. You know, I'll have that dialogue real quick, right before I turn the page. But when I see a string of of text. My brain wants to just like skim read. over and read it as fast as possible, and then I look at the pictures. Yeah. So, reading comic books for me has always been kind of like a challenge like that, you know. And I don't know how many tens of thousands of comic books I've read over my life, but it just hasn't changed. I just my brain wants to read as fast as possible. Yeah, I skip from one box to the next, uh-huh. and and you don't really digest the pictures like you should. Yeah. So maybe that's good, but I mean, I, I'm a different generation, man. You know. I more. mean, I'll go back. I'll I'll look at the page and I'll get the picture, but I'm not digesting it. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at all the detail. I'm getting the picture, and then I'm reading everything, and then I go, "Oh crap! Wait a minute!" And I go back and I'm like. Yeah, there was, there was crap there I missed. Our Spidey had six fingers in that one. I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Just read The Return of Hush. Oh, yeah, I haven't read that yet. That was... Is that old? Isn't that old? That's pretty old. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And I just got around to it. And there's one scene where it shows Riddler... As this little dot, and then a little bigger dot, and then it shows him smashing through the window. <laughs> ah. I really love the rich panel work like that. Yeah. Um, for me, Daredevil was always one of my favorite uh, comic books for that. I love to watch Daredevil and the way they would walk, they would draw Daredevil in multiple um, uh, levels of transparency to show that he's like tumbling through the scene yeah oh that was so great for me i mean i remember really really just uh immersing myself in those panels and just looking at you know how many times the artist drew it how well they did um i think the only other couple of comic books that i read where i would just like immerse myself in the panel work was some of the spider-mans where he fought the colorful villains spider-man's costume was always awesome i mean yeah just something about Spider-Man's dynamism, dynamicism, was really fun to just look at and absorb. Um, not so much with the super teams because they were super big, except the X-Men caught me, you know? Yeah. That was the one team that I just didn't care about. Yeah. I never, never got into X-Men. I had my thing where I was like, ooh, Avengers. This is kind of cool. Avengers was kind of cool. I had my thing where JLA was awesome and Teen Titans. I've always been a Teen Titans fan. Okay. Um, Young Justice. Like old Teen Titans, right? Like 1980. The, the new Teen Titans, George Perez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, George Perez is awesome. Yeah. That, I, I actually had the hard copies the whole run mm-hmm. at one point and i put them in a milk crate and put them up in the in the attic and left for two years and when i came back they were gone and i was very sad and mm-hmm. i wanted to cry 
I got to tell you, one comic book run that I just rebought myself because it was so cheap like over the last year was uh, Micronauts. <laughs> so stupid. Micronauts. Micronauts. Uh, uh, from the, uh, gosh, I don't remember if it's an inner universe or micro microverse. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I loved those when I was a kid. And the toys were super articulated. <laughs> I thought they were the coolest thing. And then I, read, I, I discovered the Marvel comic series. and like, these guys have entire lives and the stories. This is like the greatest thing. And I just was just an avid reader when I was a little kid. You and realize that Hasbro was making the artists and the writers push their crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a poor little kid. I could barely afford the comics. I wasn't getting all these toys. Only if like, a toy surface got pick and save or something yeah. did I get it. But... Yeah, it was a blatant toy tie-in, and that's why uh, I think that's why uh, Congress passed laws to stop uh, the toy companies from making like giant half-hour commercials and stuff yeah. to sucker kids into buying them. They're uh, they're peddling their wares to little kids with cartoons and comic books. Because you know, Transformers, our, our minds were easily shaped and <laughs> taken advantage of. Yeah, GoBots was another yep. one. Yeah, G.I. Joe, I think they made the cartoon entirely to sell the action figure. Well, the comic was to sell action figures. Yes. And they, I remember listening to an interview, the, the writer would get notes. Hey, you've got to use these two characters. They're new, they're new villains that they're coming out with for G.I. Joe. You've got to use these guys. Yes, we have 5,000 gullible comic book readers that might buy the, the action figure. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. Um, Work this into your story. Yeah, yeah. This Zartan character. We accidentally made too many of him, so we need more storyline. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that didn't happen, but <laughs> you don't really know. It was the twins. I can't remember what their names were. Yeah, I didn't like them. Yeah, me neither. But they were pushed on the writer. <laughs> yeah, G.I. Joe, I think. Um, obviously, Cobra Commander was the favorite. you got to love that cool visor. And then Death Destro, because he had the, the silver the head. Silver head, yeah, that was badass. Baroness, I always thought Baroness was great. And that's because I was a little straight boy, and she looked like an S and M mistress. <laughs> like, I don't know why the Baroness is so hot. You can't see anything. She's skin, hot. <laughs> head to toe, in skin tight leather. This is a toy for kids. Yeah. <laughs> sure it is. Get on your knees. <laughs> and then the GI Joes had one girl, Scarlet. Yep. Well, there was Mary Jane. And the G.I. Joes? Mm-hmm. They had Mary Jane and Scarlet. There were two. Okay. I think I vaguely recall. I only had eyes for Baroness. <laughs> I liked Scarlet because I had a thing for redheads. Well, who doesn't? You know? Uh, but Scarlet could have been anyone. You know, you didn't see Baroness. You didn't see girls dressed like the Baroness walking around no. everywhere. You know, you had her. It's, when I was a kid... If you wanted to talk about girl in a leather suit, you had the Baroness and Pinky Tuscadero from the Happy Days, Fonz's cousin. <laughs> I think it was the only girl the Fonz didn't hit on. Yeah, I think she, she snapped her fingers and made like little pistols with her <laughs> with her fingers. But hey, I think she even said "Hey" <laughs> like the Fonz. So. Yeah, I never really put together that that was a comic book tie-in or a, a toy tie-in, blatant, uh, blatantly taking advantage of my young psyche. Oh yeah, totally. I like the revamped GI Joe that IDW did. Do oh yeah, I read a little bit of that where it's all super serious and it was badass. GI Joe. Well, G.I. Joe should have been super serious. Yes, yeah. it was. I mean, because Cobra was going around killing people, yeah. but it didn't really seem to have much impact in the Marvel version. Yeah, Cobra never actually 
did. They never showed kill Cobra. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> All the they... wanton death and stru- destruction per- perpetrated by Cobra was implied. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like the Incredible Hulk, right? If the Incredible Hulk really existed, I think he would have accidentally killed tens or twenty thousand people here and there, and so would Superman and any other superhero who has a giant battle in the middle of New York. Right, right. I'm sorry, you wipe out a building, you kill civilians. Did you see the new Superman movie? Was it Man of Steel, right? Man of Steel. The fight in the city. Um, they're I'm, going through buildings. And there's People are going to die in that. There's no way to stop the collateral damage. Yeah, and if Superman could really fly around as fast as he can... And he would he would accelerate to break the sound barrier, saving one person, put him down gently, then quickly accelerate to break the sound barrier to save another person. But could you safely break the sound barrier within the New York City limits? I'm thinking not really. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> so you can either save people or kill people saving people. or You just cannot be in enough places at once, Superman. Yeah. You can... You can have your super battle with your super villain, and there's going to be collateral damage. And we mean tens of thousands of New Yorkers. Sorry. You're not going to be able to fly, like, turn over on his back. Remember the one? Turn over on his back and heat, heat ray a protective barrier between the people on the ground and the falling debris from a building. Yeah. That was ridiculous. How do you make that heat ray stop at a certain point? Don't you just accidentally fry somebody? Well, I'm just well with Man of Steel. You know that people died just because they well, blasted the whole city with th- that. There giant was an ray important thing. scene at the end with the the guy from Law and Order. The the general dude. The bald guy from Law and Order, or the balding guy from Law and Order, the really ripped balding guy from Law and Order. Don't watch Law and Order, so I'm oh, kind of okay. Not sure. I don't know. Black dude? No, white dude. White, white dude. dude. There was a scene of self-sacrifice where he takes the down the alien ship. And he knows he's gonna die as well, but at that point he's already no- noticed or noted to all of us that. Thousands of people in New York have already died, and he needs to do this to stop thousands more from dying. Okay. So, I mean, that's stuff that you haven't seen in previous Superman movies. The thing I liked about Man of Steel was it wasn't a superhero movie. It was a sci-fi movie. It was an Aliens on Planet Earth movie. Yeah. They just happened to have superpowers. That was an interesting point where Zod and the others— hadn't cultivated their ability to tune out Earth's overwhelming of their senses. Yeah. You know, which Superman got to use to his advantage because if he didn't, he would have died. Yeah. Because he wasn't super at all. He's actually kind of super. He was alien. He was like an alien pussy <laughs> because he was, he didn't grow up a battle-hardened soldier like Zod. Yeah. Zod was a hero to millions and the only savior of his planet until he was betrayed by that little worm scientist. <laughs> yeah, what a putz, that guy. But then all of a sudden, uh, Russell Crowe's a bat. He's not only a scientist, but he's a badass hand-to-hand fighter and is yeah. given, like, <laughs> the best general on uh, on Krypton a run for his money in hand-to-hand combat. What the fuck? Seriously, dude? Hey, maybe Kryptonians are just badasses. I don't know. I don't live there. He, he was an all-Kryptonian in his college team. <laughs> <laughs> like American Kryptonian. Yeah. You never know. He got the Heisman. Yeah. Or the equivalent thereof. His crypt- yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Kryptonian Heisman. <laughs> Coincidentally enough, called the... Heisman. Heisman, yeah. <laughs> Who's to say that's not a foreign... That's not an alien name. Heisman, he's probably an alien. He doesn't do that shit naturally. I can't do that. Compared to me, he's Superman. Oh, kryptonite. Someone asked me where kryptonite came from, and I said crypto. The super dog. His droppings are kryptonite. I had to follow him around for a week, man. 
<laughs> picking up kryptonite and was so slow. I just kept getting weaker and weaker. <laughs> Those poops. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, we started out talking about the con and how you were kind of sad about not getting to go. Mm-hmm. And then I bitched about it not being about comics. That's right. That's right. Then we started talking about comics. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, comic books and comic book movies. So if you go to the cons, all the all the comic book artists and the small press tend to be pushed to the side. I think near the eating vending areas, because you know all of the prime spaces down the middle where everyone can get good TV coverage. But whatever, I mean, it's not going to kill us to not go to San Diego, yeah. and who knows how long this will last. Like I said, it had, it had, 10 years ago it wasn't selling out, yeah. and now it is, and everything could fall out of favor next year. You know, comic book movies didn't sell for the longest time, and even after um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Comic-Con wasn't selling out. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the new media explosion. Maybe it's the fact that people have all this access to fan news and business on the internet it just it seems to me that it's not a comic-con anymore it's a pop culture experience yeah and that's what they're selling they call it comic-con but it's a pop culture experience and that's what they're selling and that's what you're getting and they just happen to have some comic books too yeah i really think that's the way it's going to go if it's going to stay that big if it's going to stay that popular um, comic books are going to be more relegated to the to um, just kind of a side, a tertiary part of the experience. You know, maybe that's where it got its roots, but it's really a, an entertainment festival of yeah. a fantasy entertainment festival. <laughs> I don't know why. Why are all these things getting coverage at the Comic Con? Actually, they tend to be science fiction. They tend to be superhero related. They tend to be supernatural it's 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 actually you're not mainstream stuff convention yeah you're not gonna see the notebook advertised at comic-con generally speaking right um that's not the one with the magic mailbox is it no that's it's a chick flick no the magic mailbox where i think it's a lake house or something where um, I didn't see it. Okay. I just know it's There's another the romantic one like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a chick flick. I know it's called The Notebook. I know girls love it. But you're going to get TV shows. You're going to get more and more TV shows at those things. And and I'm fine with the, the odd TV shows. The Even Persons of Interest, which has a magical supercomputer that predicts crime. I get that. That's going to be at the comic, comic book convention because... The magical supercomputer that predicts crime. Dude, he should have his own show. Not these guys that go around and help him. <laughs> okay, he doesn't get to go anywhere. and <laughs> There's no interesting dialogue because he doesn't need to talk to anybody. <laughs> People just come up to him and take bits of paper out of him once in a while. <laughs> but damn it, that's the superhero. <laughs> um, you get super, Supernatural. Have you ever watched the show Supernatural? I watched the first two and a half seasons, and yeah. then I missed a bunch and now season 10 they're on I think. yeah i tried jumping back in and now you got to go back you, to season two and rewatch you, you got to go back to the beginning and because i'm telling you between season three and six there was some amazing stuff you know it, it kind of caught its groove yeah it's kind of like walking dead if you don't know what's going on you're not gonna know what's going on picking up in the middle is a tough sell um, well, the comic book's the same way. You can't pick up in the middle of the Walking Dead comic book. Yeah. Um, you got a little blurb on the front that says, in the last 25 issues, everybody you know died except these two. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to read that. That sucks. I don't even like these two. I don't know who they are. Rick is still here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and in the TV show, he has both his hands. What the fuck's up with that? And and Carl has both his eyes. Well, because Andrew Lincoln's not going to take his hand off to for his art. 
Yeah, and they probably don't want to spend that kind of money on special effects on yeah. every freaking episode. Yeah, Andrew Lincoln, he's an excellent actor, and he loves his art, but probably mutilation yeah. is yeah, where not, he draws the he's line. He's not Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make the next role difficult to handle. Uh-huh. <laughs> handle. Um, but... Well, interesting enough, George R. R. Martin, who who writes a book that they turn into the HBO show, Game of Thrones. He said that you know they're catching up to where he's at, and they're going to go beyond. And they're going to do things he hasn't done. They're going to kill off characters that weren't killed off. And then he's going to have to write the show stuff into his books. Yeah, I really think that. <laughs> I mean, far be it from me. To tell, like, you know, a multi-millionaire show creator what to do. But I would think that this would be his chance to say, let's enrich the world and and have them show other stories that I didn't get a chance to write in my epic series of novels. Yeah. You know, without changing things. Now, did they stay pretty close to... Because I know Walking Dead... Veered drastically Veers away drastically... That. Here and there, they come back to the comic and yeah, take everybody, things. Yeah, everybody says, because I've been only a casual reader of the series, so not paying much attention. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say that they've been pretty faithful with it. Okay. You know, I, I've seen a couple instances where I think, well, that wasn't quite right, and, and I think it was more clear that the mountain was dead in the book than it was in the series. It doesn't seem to be dead in the, in the live-action series. Okay. But to say they're going to start veering drastically away gives people a chance to watch it without knowing what's coming. Yeah. Like, I enjoy Walking Dead, the series, as an entity unto itself and not having to worry that reading the comic book and watching the show is just regurgitating the same material. I worry that they're going to do some things. Like, I don't know how far you got in the comic book. I don't know if you know how many of the core are live or dead. Because I'm current on the comic book. Yeah, I'm not. I you am know. very far behind. I don't know where you are with Maggie yeah. and Glenn and Rick and Carl and Sophia and everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I have some points where I'm like, oh, crap, is this going to happen now? Is this, gonna, is, is this where this person comes in? Oh, shit, I don't remember. Is this that horrible thing or not? <laughs> Are they even going to do that horrible thing? Yeah. You know, I hope they don't do that horrible thing. I didn't like it in the comic book. I'm definitely not going to like it in the, in the TV show. When Rick bites that guy's throat out, I was like, ah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that. Did he still have both his hands when he did that? In the show he did. In the comic book. I don't know. I don't know. Or did I but spoil spoiler it? warning. <laughs> well, I don't tell you how it happens. There, it could have been a combine accident. <laughs> he could be on his way to get like uh, a Luke Skywalker uh, uh, cyborg hand. Well, what happened is he was reaching into the sink and garbage disposal. Garbage disposal. Power came back on for just a moment. Power hiccup. Yeah. It was, the power it was was terrible. Out. Lost his wedding ring. Oh, yeah. Lori was pissed. <laughs> for so many things <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to end up wrapping this up here so uh, this was like a, a, a practically an all comic book edition of uh, the Desperate Mothers podcast which is good because I've actually been going over some character design for the comic book awesome I think I said that last time so, I, yeah, I've been working up a bunch of designs. <laughs> or I've been nixing a bunch of designs. <laughs> yep, this ain't going to work. Yeah, this, yep, <laughs> this ain't going to work. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> totally sucks. That's no good. That's no good. So got a few interesting modern styles that I want to use for the comic book. Okay. So that'll be interesting. Um, fun, anyways. Uh, hopefully other people think it's interesting. I think it's fun. Cool. Okay, so you have anything to add? Anything you want to say? No, I think we're good. Okay. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, this is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jason Rice. And hop on. <laughs> <laughs>